I wonder if our next guest can even help us out at all about that. He's got plenty on his plate, though. Andrew Abdo has been good enough to join us on a Sunday morning. Andrew, good morning. Hey, good morning, everyone. Hey, Andrew, thanks for joining us. And I don't know if you heard the quiz, but we just go from bad to worse in the quiz. You might have to get the boys to step into the bunker or something and fix this up. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm quite happy leaving that in your hands, in your capable hands. <laughs> I think you've got enough on your plate at the moment, yeah. Andrew, anyway. Hey, Andrew, thanks for joining us. Uh, I guess we have to ask you straight up about the comments last night from Ricky Stewart. It's caused an incredible amount of uh, talk back and text messages this morning. Do you have an opinion on it? Or be it you would not have obviously had a, a chance to investigate why and how it happened? Yeah, I mean, obviously, clearly the comments are disappointing uh, and uh, we're going to take a close look of it. It has just happened as in last night. So uh, everyone deserves, you know, sort of due process on that. Um, and so we'll engage uh, with all, the, you know, with Ricky, uh, understand uh, all the facts, gather all the information and then, uh, you know, deal with it. Uh, through the course of uh, the early part of this coming week, as we do with with everything that happens over the round. So I, I won't make any comments on it. It's a live matter. Clearly, it's very serious, and we'll take a look at it and understand all the facts. Does it come under integrity, Andrew? Uh, yes. So whenever there's an issue like this, then uh, we ask the integrity team to uh, gather information and, and have a look at it. And, and obviously, as a decision maker, I also need to involve myself and you know speak to the the respective parties as well. Yeah, so watch this space. More to come. Read that Ricky Stewart incident. Uh, Andrew, we did have a call earlier ask about the grand final. Can you tell us where the grand final will be played this year? I mean, uh, obviously, the, we are in the middle of trying to finalise our agreement with the New South Wales government. There's been a lot, you know, spoken and written about it. Everyone, I think, is probably tired of hearing about it. Mm. Um, we, you know, we, 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 so we believe we have a deal in place. We want to honour that deal. So the default position, obviously, is for us to play at the grand final. Uh, in Sydney, especially after you know last year and, and missing out because of COVID, so th- that's what we're all aiming for. Hopefully, it can get resolved, um, you know, very quickly, and uh, we'll we'll be able to get on sale, and fans will be able to start getting excited for the grand final. Uh, Andrew, do you think there'll be some certainty <clears throat> around this issue this week? Yes, uh, mm-hmm. I think so. Um, certainly, hope so. Uh, you know, it's now getting time critical, and mm-hmm. uh, we want to put this behind us and 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 talk about football and talk about what is uh, culminating in a very uh, exciting finish to the regular season and then obviously a very exciting final series. So yes, we want to um, close the matter down and uh, we're obviously engaging with the New South Wales government on a regular basis. Um, you know, we've, you know, as you've heard the, our chairman Peter Villani say, we you know, believe we had a deal. We've been very flexible and fair and patient. Um, but, you know, at some point, you know, we also have to stand up and these are not just for rugby league fans, but for for everyone who will take get advantage of using these multi-sport, multi-purpose community assets. Andrew, we saw a very unfortunate accident at Leichhardt Oval yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon in a GPS rugby game. I assume you have mm-hmm. seen that vision out and about, which was another clear indication, certainly to me, that you know, these grounds do need a, a lick of paint, so to speak. Yeah, look, I mean, first, you know, first of all, it was very unfortunate. And, um, uh, you know, obviously we, we hope that there wasn't anyone that was seriously injured. I, I believe there are some injuries, but um, but uh, that, that's very unfortunate. And we obviously think about uh, those people involved. Um, you don't want to see those types of images, as you say, Bulldog. You know, like uh, we all go to sport to uh, enjoy it and to take advantage of uh, the opportunity to immerse ourselves in mm. whatever that sport is. And um, that was a very unfortunate incident and obviously not scenes that we like to see. 
Um, and, you know, it, it kind of, I suppose, that, you know, the point we wanted to make is the you know, these are multi-sport, multi-purpose community assets. And, you know, uh, we just want to make sure that we have uh, the best facilities available for not just the fans, but also for the players as well, particularly now as we start to think about the growth of the women's game. Um, Leichhardt's a great example of a, a stadium that, you know, certainly needs an upgrade in terms of facilities for both players and fans. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I think the NRL's position's uh, well-known, these suburban grounds, and I think most rugby league supporters are very much um, uh, agreeing with the NRL stance to try and continue to have that emphasis on suburban grounds. The AFL went down a different model, but the suburban grounds for fans of their local teams, there's nothing like going to... Uh, for me, I, I love going to Penrith Park, whether it's a Sunday afternoon or a Thursday night. Fans of the Dragons love to go to Cogra. Fans of Manly love to go to Brookie or Four Pines. Um, for the long term, that's the strategy of the NRL, isn't it? To remain invested in the suburban grounds and to give local communities reason to feel proud and go to the footy. Yes, that's absolutely right. That, that strategy is not changing. This is just a question of how we get there and the timing that it takes. Um, because of all the reasons you outlined, I mean, I think you summarised perfectly. It, it is about tribalism and it is about um, that sense of local community and having uh, uh, an, an opportunity for that local community to have their, their fortress. And that fortress isn't just for an NRL club. That, that fortress is for tag football, for other sports, um, and an opportunity for grassroots teams to also have that facility. But the other aspect of it is, of course, Sydney is different. Um, and New South Wales is different to uh, the rest of the country, and certainly what other sports, uh, you know, what other sports follow in terms of their strategy is is all contextual. I mean, for us, you know, Sydney is uh, uh, made up of many villages and made up of many communities, and the rivalry and the banter and the ability to have that um, real sense of local, um, uh, you know, that local fortress, I think, is extra special and mm. and is something that we want to enhance, not take away from. Yeah, fingers crossed that continues. But Andrew, a difficult question, I know. But if the government stands firm and that money isn't forthcoming, how then can the NRL um, improve the quality of these suburban grounds? Yeah, well, I think uh, there are a couple of things there. One is over time. Uh, th- so the, the question here is just around how we move to essentially having all of the clubs have a great centre of excellence um, and a great uh, suburban stadium experience for their fans. Mm. And uh, we have a, a strategy and we're working plan with each and every club uh, for how that is progressing. It's progressing really well. Um, we have, we're right at the end of that in terms of our, the, the strategy and the blueprint in New South Wales. And as I said to you, this is, a, this is really a matter of, uh, I suppose, flexibility and timing in many respects. We are in active dialogue with the government and we're hopeful to resolve it, um, uh, and you know that'll play out in the next week, hopefully. Okay, Andrew uh, Buzz wrote a story during the week about the potential that Shark Park isn't up to final standard. And if they do secure a home final, that it may have to be moved. Can you update us on where that situation is, and would it be disappointing for Sharks fans if they didn't get the chance to play that final at home? Uh, yes. I mean, look, we haven't made a, a final decision on that, but typically week one of the finals, uh, uh, we enable uh, the opportunity for the home club to play at their home ground. And then obviously, as we get a situation where further down in the finals, um, we want to give a bigger opportunity for more people to experience the game live if there are uh, constraints around capacity. And, and obviously, the capacity 
at the moment at Shark Park is constrained due to the construction. So that's a factor that we have to consider. Um, and uh, we will definitely do that, you know, uh, in the coming weeks or before uh, the finals um, and uh, be very clear around what the opportunity is. But obviously this is about getting the balance right in between, you know, getting the most amount of fans possible, uh, the opportunity to support their team live, but also, you know, then obviously having the team being able to play at the at the traditional home venue. Andrew, uh, just quickly too, can I get an update on where you stand in regards to the West Tigers? I think they might have a board gathering today before the game at Campbelltown to discuss whether they pursue this bid to get those two points back. You have made a call that it's not going to happen. Is that flexible or is that now done and dusted as far as you're concerned? No, I think, uh, well, look, the Tigers, you know, will respect what, what, what they decide to do. And we have met with their uh, chairman and their CEO and they obviously put forward their case. And, and, uh, and we went through a number of issues, you know, uh, relating to that match. Um, some of which already, you know, by head of football, Graham Anderson has explained. I mean, there's there's a few things there. There's there's the issue of full time, the issue of the the right to challenge the captains, uh, well, the right for the captain challenge to happen, and then of course the the actual ruling around the obstruction. Graham has already come out. Graham Anderson has already come out and said that we didn't necessarily agree that it was an obstruction. I think, um, and 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 Dean, I think we're hopeful. Um, we've had a you know obviously quite a robust dialogue directly with. Uh, the club chair, chairman Lee Hedgemantelis, and the CEO Justin Pascoe. Um, you know, we have differing views around how the rules were interpreted. Um, I, I think it's important, though, for us in, in professional sport to always maintain a level of respect for what happens on the field and the decision making of the referee. Um, uh, they're human beings, uh, and from time to time, they will make errors, as you've heard me say before. I think we need to, though, for the integrity of the sport, always leave that on the field. Um, that's that's generally my view and my default position, and so. Um, but we do respect, uh, you know, that the Tigers had a number of questions that they wanted to work through with us, uh, and we expect to uh, be able to say something more formally about this in the coming days. Yeah, it's a, there is a human element involved. We tend to forget that, and humans are not perfect. Is that one of the reasons, Andrew? I know Dino and I agree on this issue about bunkers potentially ruling on a forward pass. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting debate, right? Because mm. uh, on one hand, you have you want to get the decision absolutely right, and on the other hand, you want the flow of the game uh, to continue in a in a natural way. And so there's this tension point between the two, right? Between because um, <clears throat> you know obviously the school of thought to say there's too much interference and too much too many stoppages to review the decision uh, until, of course, it's it's your team and and you you know you want that decision to be perfect, uh, particularly if it impacts on the results of the game. We are, uh, we have been experimenting and we are testing forward pass technology uh, to make sure that that is something that if we choose to, you know, have that available, for example, in tri-scoring situations, that it works. We're looking at the cost-benefit of it all. And, of course, and then uh, come back to uh, what I was talking about, is once we know it works, once we know it's feasible, it's a question of do we want that in as, as another element of decision-making. And I think at the end of the season... Um, we're going to take a very uh, good look at the continuity of the game and, and to try and see how that balance can be improved. Mm-hmm. We're always thinking about how we can get better. We 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 know that there are you know we we set very very high goals for what we want to offer as an experience for players, coaches, fans, for all the stakeholders in rugby league, and we're always thinking about how we can get better, how we can get less errors, and how we can also make the game even more entertaining and engaging and unpredictable and and enjoyable to to watch. 
And so if there are ways in which we can refine that um, at the end of the season, we'll think about that very carefully and the commission will consider all of that and then and then make a decision. Um, uh, but th- that is definitely uh, an option. Andrew, we had one referee for many years and then we wanted two. So we went to two. Then we wanted to go back to one. So we're going back to one. Now we want to go back to two. What do you want, Dino? I think one personally. I'm, I'm happy with one, but it's not about me. What, what do you think, Andrew? I mean, is the push for two referees legitimate or are you happy with where we're at at the moment? I think that uh, I haven't seen a huge push coming from two uh, for, for two referees. I think there's, there's a few people that, that in the game that, that think that is better, um, think that that allows the ruck to, uh, to have less, well, have a quicker play the ball, etc. The statistics don't back that up. Um, so the, the the play the ball speed is is it certainly wasn't faster when we had two referees. The the play the ball speed and and the continuity of the ruck or the lack of the wrestle, so to speak, is is much better mitigated by other things. Is what is that is what the data is telling us. Um, I, you know, again, you, having two humans on the field doesn't eliminate the fact that you're not going to be able to see everything. You're not going to be able to get the benefit of of, of getting 100% accuracy always. Um, I, personally, I, I think that what we've seen with uh, with the single referee is, is definitely having um, uh, a lot more balance and a lot more flow. But I think the involvement of the banker is something we need to think about far more carefully than the, the potentially the introduction of two referees. You'll never say no to anything. It's a call that the commission will have to make. But the, the data certainly doesn't indicate that having two referees on the field um, speeds the ruck up or, or, or certainly captures... Um, significantly more incidents that aren't already being captured. Andrew, I'll put you on the spot. What's the best thing and the worst thing about being the NRL CEO? <laughs> well, the, the, well, let me start with the, the best thing. And, and the, probably the two are, are interlinked. The best thing about the NRL CEO is uh, I get to work where uh, in an industry where it, everything means so much to people. And so whether it's on a Saturday morning at a barbecue, seeing um, you know mums and dads and kids uh, and the community and volunteers come together to you know to watch junior football or whether it's uh, the excitement at, at an annual game uh, later that evening, uh, sport brings us together, gives us an opportunity to escape some of the troubles of the world. And also we learn so much about each other, teamwork, communication. We learn how to win. We learn how to lose. We learn about mateship. We learn about all the emotions that come with um, wanting something and training for something, discipline and hard work, disappointment. So many positive attributes that we get from sport. And when you work in an industry where it, it, it means so much to people and you bring people together like that, you, how can you not love what you do? Mm. And, and then linked to that is, of course, with that comes a lot of passion. And so the hardest part, of, I guess, of being CEO is sometimes when you see Everyone's passion spill over, and um, and that spills over sometimes into you know some pretty harsh or, or some pretty extreme views or comments or, or issues. Whether it's you know yelling at a referee on the sideline, or whether it's um, uh, you know someone complaining about uh, some aspect of the game that's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And you've got to take the one with the other. You can't you can't you can't say how fortunate we are to be in a sport where it means so much and people give so much and then not understand that there is passion involved. So they're, they're too interlinked. But the hardest part of my job, uh, I think, sometimes is just dealing with uh, some very extreme views and, and sometimes people looking for what's wrong with the game, not what's right with the game. And like like Dino ringing you up on a Monday morning, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> we've had our differences, but we've patched them up. Right, you know, there's so much right with this game. 
um, and uh, and we all love it. And and I just I'll be honest, it, it does get me down when I see people focusing on what's wrong with it. Uh, of course, of course, we have to have that. Of course, we have to, have to think about how we get better. But um, uh, sometimes we just need to stop and realize that rugby league is just part of Australia. That and it's it, it's part of it's part of what actually gives us. Um, a lot of positivity mm. about what you know what we what we do in life. Anyway, that, sorry, that was a long answer, but that's that's um, honestly how I feel. Yeah, no, well, it, rugby league is sport, and we all love our sport. Look, Andrew, I know there's plenty of issues bubbling along in NRL, <laughs> but that's the way this. That's what we love about the the um the sport. It's so controversial, but it's so enthralling. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday morning, and best of luck for the rest of the season. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, nice to chat to both of you.